Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 43, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. I headed down to Inglewood today to meet with Jeff and Mac. They are the owners and founders of Palmer Nelson Cannabis. They have known each other since they were 10 and have started multiple businesses together. So they have learned a thing or two about finding the right business partner and what it takes to start a business. When you were listening to them, it was really interesting in the interview because you can tell that they have been friends for a long time and are very comfortable talking with each other and building off of what the other person is saying. Um, We talk about, obviously, the cannabis industry in Canada and how they have evolved their business and their business plan and strategy since they started, um, since rules and regulations have come out and have been changing ever since they started the company and the idea actually came a few years ago but they started the company um, basically in August when they were looking for a spot to open up and since the legalization and even now things have come at them and they've had to navigate what the industry is like and where it's going and how to work with the government to make sure they're following all the rules. They talk about all of the regulations and the challenges they have faced with them and why it's also important to do your due diligence when it comes to researching your industry. We talk about how so many people wanted to get into the cannabis industry when it was first announced by the government that legalization was coming, but that lots of people don't really know what they're getting into nor have the assets to back up what they are saying they're selling and we will now see more of an influx and an evolution of the businesses that are actually going to be able to make it once all the regulations and rules become more confirmed and even though they haven't opened up their shop yet in Inglewood they talk about the challenges they face in starting the business and their advice to other entrepreneurs. Let's get into this one. Here is Jeff and Matt. Welcome back to the podcast. I am here in Inglewood with Jeff and Matt from Almer Nelson Cannabis. Thanks so much for agreeing to do this. Yeah, no problem. This is the first cannabis-related podcast interview that I've had, so... You guys are the first. <laughs> um, do you want to start by introducing yourselves and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Mac Andrews. Um, I am a co-founder of Elmer Nelson Cannabis. What I really do within the business though uh, is a little bit of, of everything. I think we, we both do that. <laughs> um, but I do my best to focus on sort of the things that I'm, I'm best at and, and let Jeff do what he's best at. So on a day-to-day that would be operational things, uh, relationship management, contracts, regulatory things, a lot of, uh, of things that just come up, um, sort of putting out fires when they do. Um, yeah, and, and really anything. Right. Yeah, I'm Jeff Noble. Um, I mean, like Max said, it's small business, so you kind of end up doing everything at some point or another. Uh, I kind of focus on just guiding the marketing, branding aspect of things and, you know, like setting up the kind of people side of the business as we ramp up. Um, apart from that, I, I just try and support Mac wherever I can with 
you know, the, the operations side of things. And uh, we both have had a big hand in setting up the retail concept. Um, that's changed so much since we started. So it's kind of been like an evolution. Uh, Definitely. We, we share the responsibility yeah. of like shoveling the walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Argue normal. a lot over what we'll actually end up doing. I feel like that's normal in a business partnership. <laughs> uh, can you share the journey of how you ended up together and the concept of ANC? So, you know, like without going too far back uh, and explaining our whole lives, yeah. but we've known each other since we were 10 years old. I uh, we went to elementary school together, um, junior high and high school. Um, I think, you know, for the last like 10 years, we've, we've kind of started and stopped a lot of different ventures. Uh, we're both just entrepreneurial people. And I guess we've just always worked well together. Uh, kind of our first experience together was getting in trouble at school for, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can leave that out. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we've always kind of collaborated well together. So, um, yeah, we, so about, I guess, three years ago now, um, around the time that Trudeau came out and announced they were going to legalize cannabis, we both just got excited about it uh, independently. I was living in Montreal all the time. I think, Mac, you're back here already yeah. Yeah. working, but uh, we both just got really excited about it. Um, and then fast forward a couple of years, I was back in Calgary uh, working commercial real estate, Mac, oil and gas, he's an engineer. Um, and we were both kind of working on a project individually and had a notion that I had a notion Mac was working on something. And I was like, man, what are you working on? Yeah. And eventually <laughs> he confronted me. Yeah. <laughs> eventually we, we did talk about that and then uh, things kind of just snowballed from there. Really? Mac, you can probably add to that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, as Jeff said, we, we've talked about so many different businesses and it's uh it's been one of the sort of mainstays in our, our friendship since we've turned 18. Um, but yeah, it was sort of November, 2016 and I was visiting some friends in Toronto and, uh, happened to check out one of their illegal dispensaries there. And first time I, I'd seen that before and it was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. It was, uh, not, a overly well done spot, but people were excited about it. I mean, we uh, were, were really excited about what the product was and just seeing that sort of industry ramp up and the, the opportunity there, um, it really got me going. So I was I was working in the oil and gas industry, classic. Yeah, as you do uh, in Calgary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as you do. And I, uh, like I remember when the idea to, to start a store first hit me, because I was in my Monday morning, 8.30 meeting after my weekend in Toronto. I was hungover. I, I hated my life. <laughs> my boss was telling me that like, oh, oil and gas is getting way better. Don't, don't worry, we just gotta ride this out. And it was then that it was like, okay, like I can do this. And not long after that, Jeff uh, confronted, confronted me. Confronted me. <laughs> it, was at, it, it was at Cannabelle, wasn't it? It was at Cannabelle, but then I remember it. I distinctly remember just being in my kitchen and calling you and be like, man, just tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was very secretive at first, but then, yeah, I don't know why I'm so sneaky sometimes. But uh, yeah, after that, we we talked it out and I, 
and we just decided to run with it. And where did the name come from? And then I know you just said that it's evolved, obviously, since you started. So yeah. do you want to talk about like what your initial vision was and like kind of where it is today? Sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, when you first get into any industry, you just come in with this vision, uh, especially the cannabis industry, because it's so wide open. I think that's one thing that really drew both of us in, apart from, you know, really believing in the product was that uh, in the cannabis industry, if you come in with a coherent plan and a good work ethic, you can carve out a niche for yourself kind of thing because it's so new. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we first, like a little bit naively, came in with the idea that we were going to, you know, kind of be a middleman and try and like wholesale or like distribute or something like that. Uh, quickly, quickly kind of learned like that was a, a really bad idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we then, looked at, at the liquor <clears throat> model in Alberta and saw how the province ran that. And we're like, yeah, okay, they're probably not going to change things yeah, up too can, much. We were like, okay, we, yeah, yeah. But originally we thought we could carve out a niche in there of some sort, right? right? Whether it's logistics or whatever. But uh, just doing our due diligence, we soon kind of saw a huge opportunity in retail. Um, and it's it's like a pretty fun thing to do, I think. Uh, there's, you know, before all the regulation gets put in place, you can have this vision of like, wow, this is going to be the coolest retail shop ever. Right. And obviously that's changed <laughs> a little bit as far as like what we can do. But It'll still uh, be cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. Uh, we think we cool. uh, yeah, so it, it evolved that way. Um, the name Elmer Nelson, uh, it's kind of just an homage to, to where we both learned about cannabis because, uh, you know, I went to school in Montreal, met Quinn school in Kingston. I lived on Elmer Street in Montreal. Oh, Mac okay. went on Nelson Street, and yeah. then you know it, we didn't put a ton of ton of thought behind it besides that, and that we wanted to differentiate ourselves within the industry. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like homogenization of brands, names, that kind of stuff within the industry, so it just you know makes us stick out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you can also evolve it too. You're not like stuck in what you're selling or what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. If like that's a long term. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, you know, range to the product itself that saying like we're for, you know, for 20 this or, you know, we don't even know the range. Yeah. 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 There's, there's new products coming out. It seems like every day, right. Every industry is, is trying to get their piece of the weed pie. And, uh, yeah, I think as it stands right now, we're going to be the ones who are allowed to sell those products. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, I think eventually you'll see shops that are just focused on, say, cosmetics and beauty products, but with cannabis, right? right? Yeah. Which would be crazy. But. Yeah, it would be. Well, like, it's, like, slowly coming. You can kind of, like, see, like, oh, the yeah. hemp, like, Sephora sells hemp yeah. beauty products and, like, yeah, all the, CBD. like, drinks and, yeah, yeah, you know, it's all coming. That's um, cool. Sephora actually carries a cannabis brand. Yes, it is now. Crazy. Brands like that are really deal. impressive that are so big, but that are like on the forefront of what's It's pretty happening. unique, yeah. It's pretty unique in the States because mm-hmm. they have like the Farm Bill legalized hemp CBD. Right. Um, not the actual cannabis drive one, but it's just CBDs everywhere in the States now. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was going to ask what products you do sell, but clearly you're not selling any yet. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what's your idea for like a list of, do you have a list of like, types of products you're going to sell or you're just going to like wait till you get there yeah so 
I mean, as it stands right now, we are restricted on selling cannabis flour, uh, cannabis oil. So this isn't like a Phoenix Tears or something like that. It's like a cannabis tincture and things you use to smoke cannabis. So that's that's all we're allowed to sell by, by the regulator. Um, when edibles become legal, we'll be able to sell those. When concentrates become legal, we'll be able to sell those. So that's like vape pens, your, your shatters, that sort of stuff. And literally anything from a processed cannabis plant. So anything like a, a cosmetic, if it has cannabis extract in it, that would sort of fall under that scope as well. Right. So that's all coming kind of later this year. Right. Just like as the yeah. law changes, you'll it like evolves, you'll just go with it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The regulators, you know, and you see why they have to do it this way. They don't yeah. make their issues as small as possible from the get go. Right. right? By yeah. having a small selection of products and then letting it grow. Right. As they figure it out, they're figuring it out too. Right. Definitely. Which has been very unique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit about like the industry and the regulations. So what are some of the biggest misconceptions about the cannabis industry that you've come across uh, through this process? You want to take that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the biggest one we see, I mean, we're obviously like very deep into it. We were sort of definitely not the first guys in Calgary to be talking about this, but we were part of a much smaller group then. And the amount of people who come into the cannabis industry now or invest in the cannabis industry now and think they're going to make $10 million next year is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and we're seeing companies that are sort of at the idea phase month one, and then within six months, they're listed on a publicly traded market and don't really have any real assets to back that. And so there's, there's going to be a lot of actually executing on these business models that needs to be proven. Um, and so I think that's the biggest misconception is that everyone's going to get rich in cannabis. I think we're going to see a lot of people who, who lose a lot too. Um, definitely there have been guys who, who've done it right. Yeah. 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 There's definitely companies that do it right. You know, without throwing too much water on the cannabis industry and everyone's excitement about it like it is there's going to come a time where it all comes out in the wash a little bit you need to really prove your business model and prove that you can execute like max said um, make smart decisions with expansion because one thing that doesn't really i mean if you're in the industry it gets talked about a lot but i think maybe to to the outside of the industry is how much this has become an international industry like canada was a domino Kind of thing, and I think I don't know. It's like every day I read of a new country that's going to legalize medical, which is kind of the first step right. towards recreational. Um, so making yeah, making smart investments that way is really important too. Um, just being realistic, really. It's a, still right. business. Yeah. yeah. And would you say there's lots of like just like small businesses, like you said, or are there some now that have that have seen more success? Like, how do you think that's going to work out for? There's a mix. It's definitely, it can be hard to actually compete in this industry as a small business right. because there's so many well-capitalized players out there. Like 
yeah, raising money has not been a big challenge in this industry. Yeah. So you've got a lot of like mom and pa shops, mom and pa um, executive teams who have raised like tens of millions of dollars and are, are executing on like this massive strategy. So um, it's really unique in that sense. And the, the accessibility to capital has made it an industry where those those small sort of independents can become a very large company quickly. So we've seen that done really well by some, and we've seen it done not so well by others. Um, but there are still the independents out there. Like there are, there are guys who are um, just sort of say a couple, and they're running a shop, and they only want to run one shop, or there's people who are super passionate about growing and they just want to get a micro micro cultivation set up um so there's there's huge variety in that yeah and it's pretty it's also pretty interesting like this industry has been around a lot longer than people think like there's people who've been growing cannabis at a large scale for 30 years kind of right. thing those guys are not all bad dudes right no, <laughs> one of them are pretty cool yeah and they're they're starting to migrate over to the legal industry um, from what like the gray market, if we call it. Right. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and make no mistake as well, there's big business involved. There's, you know, companies with $5 billion market caps. <laughs> right. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. We're all competing with each other. Right. Still. Yeah. yeah. When I feel like, especially in Calgary, because so many people came from oil and gas and they're all looking for the next like mm -hmm. thing to make the, the money back. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know what? We actually don't see too many people from oil and gas. We no. see a lot of people from liquor. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's been a very common trend: is uh, people moving over from, like, say, like a Molson Coors or something like that into a cannabis business. Um, but then real estate guys too. Real yeah. estate for sure. Yeah. Investment bankers, lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> CPG people consumer goods yeah right it's all applicable yeah um and what was the obviously you've had the idea and you started before legalization happened um what was that transition like when you found out what the regulations were and like i know we talked about a little bit how it evolved but how did it really like impact your business plan yeah so like i said before you start with this vision of all this cool stuff you can do and then the regulator comes in and just crushes your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's kind of been a thing where <clears throat> there's a lot of guesswork, um, a lot of talking to people, keeping your ear to the ground, and like pivoting your strategy pretty much weekly, kind of thing. Like one hundred percent. And I mean, I think even coming into the legalization, um, the strategy for opening stores was less about the actual retail concept, and it was more about understanding city um, bylaws and how they grant development permits for yeah. different uses. So it was a real estate game and it was a regulatory game. And the ones who, who did well on that are the ones who are opening yeah. 15 shops, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and how did you know how to navigate that? Did you have people to ask help or you Kind of doing it on your own. We did a lot of due diligence when we were getting in the industry. Um, yeah, we also are founding members of the Alberta Cannabis Collective, 
okay. which is the leading industry association for cannabis retailers in Alberta. So being part of that group, um, I know a lot of your listeners probably have never heard of it, but in, in the Alberta cannabis world, it's, it's very well known. Um, we have good ties with the municipalities. We have good ties with the AGLC and pretty much every single retailer. So we do a lot of, of networking through that. And, and as that organization grows, it, uh, it really becomes more and more a tool that's just getting the Alberta industry further ahead. Right. And when did that start? Around 2016. Okay. Pretty much concurrently with, with when the Alberta government was now had the responsibility to make regulation about it because uh, I mean, they had a task force put together and stuff, but until there was direction from health Canada, really do anything then there is so many like stakeholder engagements which the abcc allowed us to be a part of those um so just yeah it took a lot of bothering people um, (laughs) getting information uh, you know and just creating a strategy that way yeah and and that's what it is too like it's it's those conversations like you do so much networking and and meet so many different people and you sort of compile all the little tidbits and then you can make a very educated guess on what or how some of the things are going to play out. And I mean, we haven't always been right, but a lot of the times it has, it has worked out just, just through the networking side of it. It's worked pretty well. Yeah, definitely. Besides the times that you get regulation, then it changes the next day. Right. just got to be able to pivot yeah well and like you don't know that's coming so you're yeah. like you said you're like if you're in that group already you're already at like the forefront of really yeah. when the information's coming in so yeah you can't really get any closer to it yeah exactly so when we get it and we have gotten some curveballs i mean yeah. it's still hard to deal <laughs> with um and what have been the biggest challenges throughout this process of running obviously a cannabis business, but then just starting a business in general, since you guys are serial entrepreneurs, I'm sure you have some advice and lessons you've learned. Yeah, I think so further to what I just said, like this industry has been filled with, with curveballs. So, uh, regulations have changed, rules have changed, um, things that were not expected have happened. And a lot of it has been rolling with those punches. So, the biggest challenge is, is on the regulatory side. And I think um, as we get into actually selling product and, and growing the business, those, those challenges will change and, mm-hmm. and the regulations, everyone will sort of figure out the best way to, to live within those rules. Um, but for business as a whole, I think we've had to, to each sort of learn how to do everything, which was tough. And then, also letting go of doing everything and, and trusting uh, other individuals with, with something. Yeah, no, I think that's a great answer. I mean, as it's evolved, we've gone through a lot of different transition periods uh, where you have to learn how to work differently or different things. And like Max said, just you come in with a vision um, and you've got to learn how to do everything within that vision and then let it go. Right. 
afraid. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that I've I've been doing, and I'm like, actually, wait a minute, like, I suck at this. Like, just way better. Like, why am I even trying? Like, right, like you're wasting a lot of time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Especially in a partnership too, like working on that relationship. Mm-hmm. And we've been friends for a long time, so I think we maybe underestimated at the start how much we actually have to work on our like working relationship. Right. <laughs> um, so that's been a bit of a learning curve too, but we've got under control. Yeah, which is good because I feel like a lot of people, it's like a roommate situation or something. Yeah. Or either you're going to be like really good friends or you're never going to talk to each other again. So mm-hmm. it's worked out so far yeah. <laughs> for you guys. Yeah, um, so far. So far. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what would you say to people who are looking for a business partner? So obviously you guys already knew each other, but is there like some advice you could give for people who want to start a business but are looking for someone to do it with? Looking for someone to do it with. I mean, yeah, someone you collaborate well with. Um, going back in hindsight, we would have had a lot of different conversations about how we work together. Um, being more upfront about what your anxieties are or, you know, what you think you're good at, but maybe you're not so good at, um, how you receive feedback, just kind of all those soft skills that, um, unless you're really, really close with someone in a friendship that maybe aren't apparent the start uh, just trying to learn more about each other that way and also I think just looking for someone who compliments your skills if you do the same thing you know we're both decent at most most things but have our strengths but if we were both really strong BD people and that's it like we'd be kind of up shit creek right. you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think um, one of the most important things and we were lucky because we had a long history of friendship is is trust um, and also value alignment but being able to, to trust whoever you're working with is, is probably the most important thing right there's gonna be a lot of times where you have to make decisions and a lot of times where um, some you could be faced with a, a sort of challenging scenario and if you can trust that you and that partner are sort of going to face that the same way and um, at least communicate what's going on. I think that's, that's, you can't, you can't put a price tag on that. Yeah. That's kind of the most basic thing because you just don't know what's going to come. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like anything, you really don't know what's going to happen until you hit the other side. Right. Right. Yeah. And being able to just communicate that yeah. is important. You yeah. should also like them probably. That's true. <laughs> you have to spend a lot of time together. <laughs> Um, and what advice would you give people who want to start a business? What would you say are some of the first steps that they should look into some of the resources or tools that you guys have used along the way? So, I mean, don't get too married to your initial vision because it's going to change through the process is what I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, just by doing things we see a lot of people want to get in the cannabis space, make this massive business plan, twiddle their thumbs and then by the time they're done it's too late kind of thing you've just got to develop kind of guiding principles for yourself and then look at what are things I can do uh, little things I can do to just start the ball rolling and kind of create that mosaic that eventually becomes the business right yeah like we have created I don't know probably 10 plus pitch decks and each one of them is so much different than the last. Yeah. Like, things <laughs> right. evolve. Like once you, 
once you start building something, your vision's going to change. So trying to pinpoint it at the, the very start is not always productive. It's, it's kind of like when you go back in your Instagram feed and delete a bunch of right. shitty, <laughs> shitty pictures you took five years ago. Yeah. Like, That's not me anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. I like that. The faux hawk I had in high school, like same thing. <laughs> I mean, maybe you want to remember that. <laughs> Facebook memories is always good for that situation. <laughs> um, and if someone, like a consumer, on the consumer side of it, if someone is walking into cannabis store like this one eventually, um, and they've never been in one or bought anything, what would you suggest to start? Like if someone needs like a starter pack for... A starter pack for weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's always easier to kind of get into it with oils. I find a lot of people like to stray away from smoking um, or, you know, vaporizing is a good option too. It's less harmful. Um, but as far as a product goes, CBD is kind of known as starter weed. In a sense, it's a little more mellow. Um, there's less of a danger that you're just gonna green out or like have a shitty time. Um, so most people do start with that and then kind of work their way in up in strength or different products kind of thing. Exactly. Like if you really want to be safe about it, which I, I wouldn't always recommend. I think sometimes you got to just like dive but exactly what Jess said. I mean, you're looking at, say you want to try flour. I'd say if you've never smoked before, look at a strain that has less than 15% THC and some CBD content. Um, and even if you get so high, you're not going to be at the point where you're like losing your shit and, and calling an ambulance for yourself, you know? Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's really sort of just something you have to learn on your own, right? Every strain is going to affect different individuals differently. Some people are gonna like a ton of CBD, some are gonna like a ton of THC, um, and it, it really depends on you. So try it once. If, if it's not exactly the experience you were looking for, try something else. Um, but yeah, I mean, the starter weed's a safe bet. Starter weed's a safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think just to add to that, I think you'll see some kind of cannabis or CBD product pretty much everyone's house eventually in some way, shape or form, whether it's like cosmetics, creams, you know, sports drinks is going to be a big one. Um, it's going to be there eventually. Yeah. So yeah. I was at my, my stepdad's 50th birthday party over the weekend and my mom asked me if I had a joint. So <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how many people are coming out of the closet as right. weed smokers. It's pretty funny actually. Yeah. People you wouldn't expect sometimes. Right, totally. And now they can. They can. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and how are you going to decide? Are you going to decide on like brands to sell, or what's kind of your vetting process for what you're going to? Depends kind of on the product. Mm -hmm. um, if you're talking flour, there's you know it's kind of akin to wine where there's like different varietals, there's different ways of growing it. Um, so we're going to look towards like premium side of things well-grown kind of craft and there, is there different growers yeah, yeah okay so you have to like decide yeah. who you're going to yeah you definitely with. do mm -hmm. and a lot of that is just learning 
what they're about to their values meeting them personally Mm -hmm. Um, so i mean a lot of the product out there right now is not ideal ideal so there's some good ones what what yeah there is some good ones and and something that we sort of marked is like really important to us is like not selling the garbage and so we have done a ton of research been fun yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we've met with with all the different sort of sales reps of the different producers we've checked out their product if it's good enough we've we've tried it if it has sort of the right look the right smell um that's sort of step one and we're committed to to not selling the hay right like it's uh I think it's going to be important long term. Like right now, everything is flying off the shelf, but we've been committed to this brand for a long time. And if we're just selling whatever we can get our hands on, I think that's doesn't really align with right. our values, right? Yeah. Um, but then, if you move into stuff like vaporizer pens and cartridges and stuff, uh, it's going to be a lot towards functionality, um, what we like, what we think is cool. Right. Um, things like that yeah Yeah. functionality and brand Mm -hmm. what i think especially is like more open and if someone has a bad experience like the first time with some of your products yeah like there's other places to go you know so i agree with you that having like valuable products will keep people coming back and like seriously we've we've got some product and it has been absolutely horrendous right and if i had (laughs) bought that from the store i would have been been pissed off that that store sold that to me right yeah. Um, a couple more questions. How do you find a work-life balance if you have one? So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, a short answer would be that it doesn't always exist, but I think the key to it is really learning to recognize within yourself what burnout kind of looks like and knowing what you need to do at that point to you know, bring yourself back, give yourself a break, because it's incredibly important to the quality of work you do, uh, to your you know, your partnership with people that you work with. Like you can't just come in being a crabby asshole every day. <laughs> um, so it's not necessarily doing things every day, maybe besides exercising and eating well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to find a work life balance, but yeah, just recognizing when you're gonna burn out. Yeah. How to mm-hmm. fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Just just really good at like telling me, like take take a day off, like the quality of work you're producing is shit. Like you need to <laughs> just chill for a day. But uh, yeah, I think accepting that you won't always have it um, is, is just something that goes with the territory. We're both really passionate about this and there's, there's weeks or there's months where we're going to have to accomplish what seems like an impossible amount of things and uh, getting through that will will lead to a time when we do have a better yeah. balance. Yeah, you're going to make sacrifices. Yeah. Also, I have to shout out to my girlfriend for like listening to me <laughs> and helping me come, you know. Well, now I have to shout mine out, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have to have people. Out. It's good to have people outside your business who are, like, are going to support you. Totally, and, yeah. Uh, kind of give you that point of view mm-hmm. that you need to chill out. Yeah, because well, you get so stuck. <laughs> in like what you're doing especially even if there's two of you and you keep like talking yourselves into like a little hole so oh, you need yeah. someone to just be like okay <laughs> like here's the bigger picture yeah and don't don't take everything so serious yeah right mm-hmm. yeah yeah just have fun with it yeah definitely and, and take a step back every once in a while 
it's just like you said, like we've gotten like really down on certain aspects that we think are like deal breakers are going to ruin the whole thing. And then like two days later, it's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Why do I feel so bad? Or you make a mistake and you just fix it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not rocket science. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and is there a podcast or book that you would recommend to listeners? If you're into either of those. I've, I've been <laughs> listening to a podcast recently. It's called uh, Creative Confidence by it's IDEO. It's a company. Okay. It's like a marketing and branding agency. Cool. They also do like pretty cool courses about design thinking and kind of the whole podcast is how to stimulate creativity within the workplace, um, helps bring you outside of your day-to-day and normal way of doing things. So mm-hmm. you can come to better better design solutions. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of just started listening to it, but so far it's, yeah. it's good. Cool. Yeah. And I'm one of those people who, when I hear like stories of entrepreneurs or stories of people who've gone up against odds and out on top like I get super super pumped up like one of my favorite things to do is on the drive from here to Edmonton is just listen to the podcast because I'm always amped up by the end of it and so I wouldn't say that there's one specifically that Mm -hmm. can consistently do that for me but I mean it's about who's on that podcast so like when Tim Ferriss had the founder of Dropbox it's like yes that's that's going to be one I listen to or if Joe Rogan has like an astrophysicist or someone cool who's doing like deep machine learning things like that that uh, really sort of blow my mind and, and get the the gears turning, that's that's what I look for. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Those are great suggestions. Oh, and books read yeah. Red Notice. Red Just Notice. Be, yeah, it's so <laughs> good. It's not like uh, it's not about starting a business or any form of self improvement, but it's really really cool yeah is it a nonfiction book still yeah yes yeah. it's, it's about uh russia oh okay really okay yeah cool it's a pretty good book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine i guess it's, it's, no it's it's good i i thought it was a good book but mac just loves loves the underdog stories yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um awesome and where can people connect with you so like hit us up on instagram uh, at Elmer Nelson, A Y L M E R Nelson. You can spell that probably, and then same our website, same thing. Yeah. Cool. If you want to like tap on the glass of the store too, like we're probably inside. And we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, talk we'll talk to you. We can't sell you weed. Yeah. Wink, wink. Did y'all see if you're listening? It's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. Uh, but yeah, they're in Inglewood. If you want to come to the actual location, but eventually it'll be on Inglewood. Where, what was here before? The yarn It was store? a yarn store. Yeah, yarn store. Yeah, our, our landlords are the owners of the yarn store. Oh, okay. And that's a great store stash. Oh, yeah, because uh, it's just over yeah, there now, right? Yeah, across the street. We've, yeah. we've learned a lot about the yarn business <laughs> recently, and they, it's actually super interesting. And yeah. they put on um, they put on the workshops. They're great people. They are absolutely lovely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing. It was very interesting. Yeah. Thank you for having us.